It's interesting. I saw the movie Elvis and I had a great time and then the critics and then it hit me with rare exceptions the kind of type of person who grows up to be a critic is more akin to the preacher calling Elvis a sinner than to Elvis and to extrapolate it's what I do I have just been reading about how often white kids captured by Native Americans prefer to stay with them than be rescued and how seldom it is vice versa I can hear the libertarian flat toning. Well, yes, that way of life appeals to children, why they never invented the wheel. That is the whole point behind Christian overalldom, the Protestant work ethic, yada, yada. This is why we rule the world. Aha. Coincidentally, the Christian civilization has brought us to the edge of environmental extinction to add to the physical and psychological misery they have inflicted on others. And here lies no excuse upon themselves. So, the libertarian point is moot, drowning in acid rain and sea level rising. But there's more to this Elvis thing, much more. With all the boasting about freedoms nowadays, he brings us it in the most basic version freedom, the intuitive freedom the visceral version, the Dionysian version. There is a moment in the preview. I saw the ghastly Northman, loved by critics. Of this it is impossible to speak. When the young Elvix walks onto stage, some stage, early in his career, and somebody says, some young person, you look like a girl, cut your hair. To preview this preview, I had just seen the preview for the Top Gun Maverick full of jaw clenched and muscle bound, squeezing out their monosyllables. So when Elvis moved, that move, those light fluid rhythm driven moves, that androgyny that drove those teenagers into such a state, it was so obvious that the uptight thing we live in was entirely wrong. Why do we insist with fist and grin to continue to go wrong? over and over, because it is so frightening, real inner freedom to them. Not because they are in a closet, no, but because they are not free. It is, in fact, freedom envy. It is all over. It is John Wayne telling Kirk Douglas we should not be playing weak people like Vincent van Gogh. We are strong men. Our only response to life is bludgeon and AR-15 stuff. I have seen a smiling woman stand on skis on Alps, smiling in her happiness, secure in her return to lucrative work on Monday, her monogamous husband, her children crossing all the T's. Imagining she is adventuring? No, the smile is for gratitude, fear in abeyance, no adventure here. She has escaped the impulse. The walls are up and tight. The medications are bought and salted at the reflection the purse, the manicure, they are perfect. Well, because I love her like I do, I can do nothing to serve her. Her love, the mainad nature, that unnecessariness, but there nonetheless, undoes her. I am not that he, but I am part of him enough. I have discovered 
to cause great unhappiness, to shiver the wall, to bring the tension where no one can stay long. Here he comes, meaning no good at all, where yearning is unbearable and diminishing, and the wine, the oblivion, has no comfort because we are unprepared to let go and trust we can return and be valued. Her heart belongs to daddy. Daughter she is, and there she will stay. There we ask her to stay, so every gesture I might make, any move to share, is clouded. And so we keep her, our history and tradition, the way things are. This is objectification. I objectify because it is what every attempt does. It is our way. It is the last objectification. We should not be predictable. We should all shock and be okay. It keeps us on the toes of life. The goddess will provide as long as we acknowledge her. When we get near the peaks, we should not falter because we have not been here before. And all the freedom this rock and roll doth bring. The ridiculous thrill of rockabilly to me. I was brought up with calypso, steel band, carnival music, reggae early Beatles. That was all I heard. Then at 13, first Broken Heart and Bob Dylan. It ain't no use. None of it was new to me. My childhood seemed nothing but music and rhythm, but allowing it to move me, not in the organized way, yet of dancing cheek to cheek, line or swing or in a core, something for show but the somehow violent, solitary, God-defying thing. It came to be a sensation I never lost to memory. I remember while on LSD thinking, this is like dancing. In its God-defiance, it is worship too. How can you defy what isn't there? What do you do with your madness? And then there is the walk home from the studio or the rock hop, the hayride. What did we all feel in the late 70s when the pistols were on the radio? God save the Queen, pretty vacant in all this, in the ballets and the Greeks, the dashing white sergeant, I have found a self, a mad and possessed one, and invulnerable one. And this one is very useful because he or she is free, free of fear, confusion, and second thoughts. First thoughts, too. There are stories that Elvis would finish his nightly shows and head somewhere to sing gospel all night with friends. In my Shakespeare years after the big performances, there is no place to go. No one to meet. No place to wind down. Conversations after Hamlet or Richard III were dangerous because one was still between I have told long stories, memorized Balzac or John Keats, all driven by rhythm to be in and then beyond, like a meditation or a ritual from which one returns lit up and free and alone. A couple of years ago, I had a back injury, so painful I could not sleep. The normal painkillers futile. A friend had some leftover opioids, low dose, for a week I took them to sleep. I got very happy on them, but I was not sure why. Was it the absence of pain? Or was it a happy drug? I decided it was the absence of pain. 
When I could sleep and walk again, I stopped taking the pills, like freedom. I was so happy I woke up giggling. Do we dance? There is a Dutch Reformed Church prohibition of sex standing up. It is too close to dancing. Funny, but no kidding. And where does one go after the self-possession into a crowd that does not allow it? Are those girls screaming at Elvis for the obvious, or are they crazy for seeing freedom? Seeing the throwing off of chains that in those years held them particularly so tightly, are they acknowledging his bravery like maybe they would a warrior? He is competing with a world that oppresses us, and we watch him do it. And it was all he did. It was not complicated. Mental work unnecessary. No hungry generations tread him down, and those young and old ones could own it too. The condemners of Elvis were right. Their tight and tiny world was being threatened entirely. Their tight and tiny was their victory. They held dominion over nature. It is their creed in all ways, large and small. This is our essence. We, the conquerors of nature, whose religion is only the denial of nature, in which we find nothing consoling and stay on our cars while on safari. He was the opposite in the same church, believing in the same thing, but it is the sick church we live in that can handle no duality. For some reason, the black church, I leave that to experts, but to say one birthed Martin Luther King, the other an Inquisition, and Ian Paisley is enough. A strange kind of love in the cathedral. So I do not understand the religious freedom of religion that has nothing to do with freedom, whose achievement is the absence of freedom. I'm not insulting them. They say so themselves. Fear God and obey. The Jesuits confronting the Native Americans in the 17th century said as much in begrudging admiration. Freedom is not a Christian project. Being free to be Christian is not freedom. But the confusion is heavy upon us all since Christianity and its allies dominate, as they intended, our lives. If one thinks this is good, all should be well. I don't. So all isn't. And looking at the world, it isn't. And this seems at last to be, to be where we are stuck for options. We can look right across the Northern Hemisphere for the last 5,000 years and say the model of the human experiment is about authority. We blame leadership or claim leadership as the reason for success. We, even our definition of success is couched in authoritarianism. We win. What's the latest thing? Glory to Ukraine? It's so sick. We have fathers, Caesars, Khans, sheiks, captains, professors, intellectual gurus, priests. That is fairly what we look at, seek and see. And since we seek nothing else, we will not find it. All of us are unified by this, communist, fascist, capitalist, Christian, Muslim, intellectual, artist. All of you seek and find the same narrative. Great men rule the world, men almost always. And books were written to preserve this story, and we all work within these confines. So we are here in 2022 doing what we did in 1492. So even I might say, well, this is human nature. 
and any alternative take, we must be indoctrinated in, educated, yes, you guessed it, led in by men. Our traditions are male, our northern hemisphere traditions, and that tradition, like the Christian one, the load of precepts, the monotheisms, carry are male. Men are not free, have they ever been? And if they were ever, were women included? Or does being a real man in our northern way mean women are only the weaker version? That is the logic of Islam and Christianity. Their habits, mores, their gains, and they project themselves onto forever and all things. I have no doubt the Eastern cults do the same. I can't really say, but it sure looks like it. So we can decide that this is all there is, or imagine there are other ways of being. Don't learn about them. Imagine them. Because in imagining, you are involved. You are not reading someone else's book, some thought-fucking-leader's book. For myself, it has always been that simple. For some reason, perhaps a feral youth, a crazy, irrational, neglected, left to, to run wild, unsupervised youth, decided me at around 11 to be on the lookout for the phonely, and lo, it was all around me. And I was lucky. <laughs>